so you do your intro and then so I'm, so I'm recording now so have you you've listened to the podcast before yeah i have listened to a couple episodes but you know how we do at the very beginning we have like someone just say like i don't get it Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to I Don't Get It. This is a podcast about performance in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. Paul is still playing in a haunted house for the rest of this month. Um, and I'm taking a night off from my literary festival to, um, to take in some dance with a very special guest who has never been on the show before. Uh, how, about, how about you introduce yourself, special guest? Hello, I'm Raina. I'm Fonda's sister. Is that all? <laughs> Yes, do you want me to talk about myself? <laughs> you could you could you could contextualize. Well, Raina is my younger sister. Yes. Um Raina, what sort of um what sort of experience do you have watching dance or other performance? Like what what's your what's your background with that sort of thing, I guess? Okay. Um I have my dance experience is kind of limited <laughs> compared to Fonda's. <laughs> Um, I've seen quite a few dance performances in the past with Fonda, lots of different types, um, you know, ballet, some contemporary, which we saw tonight, um, and some other things. I also did, uh, study, I guess you could say, dance for one semester (laughs) in high school, but we covered all of the, you know, like the jazz and the tap and modern contemporary and Mm -hmm. ballet, like, you know, so I have a very basic level knowledge of dance okay and you know some music like i play an instrument and everything and so that's not really dance. what instrument do you play i don't like to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) why not i play the bagpipes (laughs) yes you do and it is a very difficult instrument to play it's an instrument that you play and you do not dance while you play it That that is very true. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, well, the show that we saw tonight was um, the second offering in the Brian Webb Dance Company's forty uh, first season. Uh, the company is from Montreal. Uh, they're called Van, Van Grimmed Core Secrets, and they were presenting a piece called Eve twenty fifty. The piece that we saw, I guess, is actually the third part of a, a sort of like. A, a trio of pieces. There was a web. There was a web series and another kind of installation type thing. And so this was um, what they what they keyed was um, an immersive dance piece at the Trifo Theater. Um, and so, well, Raina, what what did you see walking into the space? Um, the stage was mostly dark, but there was a thin projection of light moving back and forth across the stage and there was a lone dancer there in very like neutral kind of you know heart neutral colors barely any clothes sort of thing kind of androgynous looking um and just she was or he was just the person was just following the uh this projection that was moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so this was happening. Um, we, there was the stipulation, um, Brian Webb said, before we all went into the theater, that we all had to enter at the same time. So this was happening as we entered the theater, the, the image of the dancer already. Yeah. Um, and so then the piece progressed into a number of different sort of 
I don't add vignettes or parts um, that were really very projection heavy. Um, eventually, this one performer is joined by seven others. So there were eight in the entire piece. Um, and yeah, what were some of the imagery that you recalled while we were <laughs> throughout the throughout the, the show? You mean like projection imagery? Well, imagery with projection and I guess also with the body, too. Yeah. Um projections there were a lot <laughs> um it started the first projection was kind of cool um it kind of looked like water on the floor of the stage and as the dancer moved um you know it looked like the water was being pushed aside with them like you know it was kind of interesting and then a lot of it was uh kind of like 3D or I don't know if you call that 4D is that 4D projection I don't even know what 4D would be but but there was more than one projector that was enhancing the image yeah. like how how strong and rounded I guess the image was yeah mm-hmm. like the the projections make it look like the whole or like these projections are 3D and they're taking up the entire stage some of them so it kind of started with that water look and then went into some cosmos type mm-hmm. looking um, projections, and that's kind of what it ended into, is these cosmos projections. Uh, and then there were, throughout, all kinds of things, like um, crazy wire, <laughs> like these wire boxes. <laughs> um, there was like a baby or a person that floated around on the screen for a while, and we... D- <laughs> I'm not really sure what that one was. <laughs> well, what was kind of, I mean, what was interesting about that was that you didn't really realize what you were looking at at first because it started, say, as a very zoomed in part of the image. So it looked sort of fragmented, almost like kind of either like constellations being linked together or yeah. it like some sort of like x-ray geography um like geographic planes like it looked like hills or mountains at some point too but then this this image started zooming out and the further and further it got out it was like oh this looks like a person but not like a fully a f- like a regular size but it looked I, I was like is that a child or a baby the <laughs> proportions were different like like a renaissance baby painting (laughs) the proportions were seemed a little off like very large hips (laughs) yeah so maybe it was like sort of i don't know one of like kind of like those celestial female sort of figures with with that but but it didn't seem to have like it didn't seem gendered either the 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 the, no yeah yeah, the little and it did look human though but kind of yeah in any case, so that was one thing. And then the baby sort of like floated in and out and <laughs> got bigger and smaller and <laughs> toppled around a little bit. But one of the things that, um, well, I mean, this is a, quite an incredible dance company. Um, choreographer in Montreal, Isabel Van Groom, very, very well known. Um, what did you think of the dancing? Did, what, what, Raina? <laughs> Raina, what did you think? <laughs> Uh, well, I thought um, it was very, there was, it was a lot of moving. <laughs> there was moving the entire time. Um, there, they did a lot of this contortionist type moving. It, was, it looked like they're doing like the worm, but in the air 
for a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, lots um, of really like full torso um, yeah. and and contractions with the uh, with the gut and with the sort of ripple through the rest of the upper body. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I felt a little bit. Like I was watching the people from the OA. Has anyone seen the show The OA? Oh yeah, Netflix? The OA, where they get saved by a dance sequence, yeah, right? And they're sort of learning this kind of strange dance sequence where they're doing sort of kind of just different movements, kind of together. And I was sort of reminded a little of The OA when I was watching some of it, like you know, because um, in The OA they're like angels, right? That like come that it's, that's the sort of the thing they're trying to get even, at. I don't even know if you know what they are, but you, know. <laughs> but you know, there's lots of like jerky hand movements, and they're you know kind of doing Night at the Roxbury <laughs> movements a little bit, and then a lot of this yeah kind of contortion, you know, with their body. I don't know how to how you describe what they were doing really, but um, yeah, that's kind of the yeah mm-hmm. they dance like that. For the entire show. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't anything very sort of like soft or or um, gentle about the movement. Um, I hesitate to say that it was aggressive, but it was very dynamic and energetic and uh, relentless. Like it it relentless. kept it kept going, um, and it and it was very. Um, I guess I want to say that it was really, it, it was very um, sort of like rippling through the whole spine. Like the entire body was moving. Um, there, there were some sort of like isolated gestures, but it was very much whole body movement the entire time. Um, but what, what, what I found a little bit frustrating uh, was that there was so much value on the projection and sort of the artistic brilliance of the projection is absolutely there. But... Um, you couldn't because of the way that the lighting was valued in that way you couldn't really see a lot of what the dancers were really doing and i think maybe that's why the movement had to be so big the entire time too um so it it, but it also kind of gave this very disconnected feeling like it didn't feel anything for the performers on stage it didn't you know like there was a narrative arc, but there was no real character development or any in, in that way. So it kind of felt a little bit um, distant from what was actually happening on stage, even though there's you're kind of being served this visual feast uh, with projection and movement. But you're kind of like, like, well, what is it all? But what does it all mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that for the majority of it, I didn't really feel like the projections like added anything to it or, and fun kind of made the point, like the, the projections were a distraction. They weren't a distraction to the dancers. You actually could not see the dancers because of some of the projections or the way that the lighting was like, there's all these dancers kind of on the stage and they're sort of doing stuff but it's all in the dark and and you can't see it. And then there's these weird projections and some of them lasted a really long time. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed a little like you ended up just watching these projections, which like, yeah, you struggled to really find any meaning in, and then you couldn't really see the dancers either. So you were kind of just there watching, you know, (laughs) 
something. <laughs> I, I said this last week when we were watching Hinky Punk as well, because which it was another it was another piece that really um, relied a lot on on the tech, like on the lighting and projection as well. But I think it it gave a very different feeling. Like I actually felt sentimental um, about watching that performer. And this one, this one just felt kind of very out there, very far away from um, any kind of, you know, like personal, personal connection or experience that, that I could really kind of glean onto. Um, that being said though, it's a company of dancers that is incredibly talented. They're great movers. They're very diverse. Um, but yeah, I felt, I felt I just wanted to see them more. They were dressed in, um, some half were dressed in costumes that were sort of like, kind of like a flowy tunic, um, all in sort of like white or a nudish color. And then the other costumes were these like very sort of like sheer close bodysuits where you could really, you could, you could very much see the outline of the dancer's body, like even the bum cheeks <laughs> and everything. You could see their spines and like bones and everything because the movements they were doing were really like you could see just all the parts of their body like their mm-hmm. bones and muscles and everything so yeah and i think the, the one part where well i guess i mean at the very end where the projection and the movement did pay off was when they went to the very extreme side of lighting only with the projection um, they kind of had this sort of, they had two sort of different projections going on. One of them were the sort of like ghost-like figures of the dancers doing the movements that we had seen them doing sort of the entire show, these kind of like bird-like contractions with their torso and things like that. And then the other, the other projection that ended up taking over the stage was sort of like, kind of like a, like starlight, like glitter bugs. It was like star. It was like, it, it reminded me of stars mm-hmm. and I kind of thought in the end that it was like, because they all say we're made of stardust, right? Yeah. Where everybody is stardust. And they were kind of like, because a lot of them laid down on the stage and everything at the end. So it was like them kind of going back like being to a, the stars. Being absorbed into yeah. the stars. Yeah. And I think yeah. the program mentioned, which we read afterwards, saying something about like, you know, our role in the cosmos or something like that. Yeah. So you kind of have these like ghosty figures in the video dancing and you can't really see the dancers anymore. They're just kind of becoming part of the star projection Mm -hmm. and it was all dark besides these stars yeah so the end was the end they got the projections nice i think yeah like in it but because because it was just the projection there was no other lighting so you could only see these faint shadows of movement sort of fading into these into the starlight which was it was it was a very very beautiful image and i kind of thought like i was just like okay you could only have sustained that for so long because you really couldn't see what was happening, yeah. but you knew they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, I, yeah, I think in a lot of ways it worked, but I just felt that, you know, in some ways I feel that, yes, they were trying to comment on humanity and AI and, you know, <laughs> the cosmos and things, but it, it didn't really hit me in the gut. I think um, in the way that I hoped that, you know, a story about, human connection and experience um would you mentioned we you mentioned before when we were chatting on the way here that there was only one part of the dance where uh part of the show where dancers actually touched each other yeah it was maybe three quarters of the way through i think and there's quite a few times in the show where they 
they come up right close to each other and they're doing these kind of contortion-y movements around each other, always avoiding touching. And then this one part, two of the dancers actually touch and have like kind of a a little dance together for, mm-hmm. I don't know, five minutes or something. Yeah. And um, kind, kind of sensual, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of, and I remember thinking like, this is like one of the most captivating because it's almost like you're watching it struggling the whole time to like find something in this that you can glean to or glean some meaning to or something. All of a sudden these people are touching and dancing together. So I don't know, maybe that's cheesy. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, maybe it says something, you know, we're, tr- we're, we're trying very hard to find some connection with the piece and, and the yeah. part where people were connecting did end up with some yeah. meaning. And also the starlight bit was really just kind of visually very beautiful. Yeah. Visually very nice. Then the end was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thanks, Rena, for coming and seeing a show and uh, and helping helping chat about it. It's always nice to chat about um, art and, and dance with with good peeps. Thanks for having me, Fata. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll let you go on with your evening then and get back to your bagpipes. <laughs> This episode is brought to you in part by Edmonton Community Foundation. If you've been putting off writing your will, now is your moment. Check out episode 54 of the Well Endowed podcast, in which lawyers Allison McCollum and Mike Simons discuss getting over the reluctance to make a will. Visit ecfoundation.org and click on initiatives to find more information about Wills Week. And to hear the full episode, visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. Taproot Edmonton is a source of curiosity-driven stories about our city, cultivated by the community. It is building a new way to deliver local journalism, with a focus on delivering high-quality, long-form local stories, plus weekly roundups of curated updates on local topics like tech, media, city council, food, business, music, and arts, too. You can sign up to become a member and get more info at taprootedmonton.ca. P.S. We highly recommend the Arts Roundup. Sign up at Taproot to get it in your inbox every Thursday. Okay, everyone, uh, I've got some listings for you. Thanks again to Raina for joining us for that um, rollicking review of Eve 2050. Um, coming up, um, well, running until October 19th is Richard III at the Tim Center for the Arts. And then um, October 15th through 27th is E-Day by Serial Collective. That's running at the Roxy on Gateway. Uh, also running till the 27th is Fight Night at Citadel theater and opening this week is baroness bianca's blood songs northern light theater at the atb arts barn that's running until november 2nd and rigoletto also runs this week um at, that's edmonton opera at the jubilee auditorium and it runs october 22nd and 25th all right everyone uh thanks so much for uh listening to this uh you know super cool episode where we tried to do something in the middle of Litfest, which is rare for us. Um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show. Go see some more things. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. 
I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blinoff. Sit here thinking, I love you.